we have a big show planned. We want you to get involved. 312-981-7200. That's the phone. That's the text. When you call in, you'll be talking to Cody. Oh, I guess I'm just going to wander in now for the show. Uh, he is the executive producer from Rockford, Illinois. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That's how it works. You know all about that. Uh, you can also keep up with us on social media, Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. So there you go. We will talk about... Uh, a surprising trend in summer jobs for young people. We will meet a young person whose brain could, in fact, be bigger than Cody's and mine combined. She is a future scientist. She is a current scientist. She is a middle schooler who has done incredible things. So we will meet uh, Emily Dobek, uh, Amelia Dobek, after 6 o'clock. And uh, who knows what else we'll get into, but you know it'll be uh, something. This is one of have you had, we've all had these days. When you wake up and you have nothing but uh, the best intentions, you think today is going to be a great day, everything is looking wonderful, and then uh, all you have to do is leave your bedroom and things take a turn for the worse. I did. I I got up today and, you know, I tried to get up a little earlier on Sunday than Debbie uh, because I like the solitude. And by solitude, we don't have solitude in the house because as soon as the dogs hear my feet hit the ground, they start whining. So, but I get up and I take like like you all do. We all get up. We all do our thing. But I like making the getting the coffee ready and going. And I'm like, all right, you know what I'm going to do, Cody? Because I'm I've been married a long time, and I try to do nice things. Not like you, you're a newlywed. Who knows what you're up to? I decide I'm going to throw in a load of laundry. So I get the laundry. I walk down into the basement, and uh, I hear a sound under my feet that I shouldn't hear. I hear squish squish. There's water all over the basement floor. Now we've only been in this place for a month. I shouldn't hear squish squish, and I look. There's water pouring. Literally, I wish I was. I wish I was exaggerating. Literally pouring out from under the furnace air conditioner unit, coming into coming into the basement, and I do what I normally do in this situation. I immediately start to curse, and I'm sopping it up with towels. It's just one of those things. Then I have to go up. Now I was trying to let Debbie sleep a little bit. You know, I was. She usually. Uh, sleeps a little later on Sunday, no big deal. I was gonna let her relax, but I was like, no, I gotta wake her up. I need her help to. I need her help to make some texts while I'm doing this other stuff. While I'm trying to, you know, stop Niagara Falls from pouring into my basement. Turns out, I just uh, somebody came to the house. There's a some sort of pump. Now, I'm not an HVAC guy. I don't pretend to be an HVAC guy. I didn't. You'd be proud. I figured out where the water was coming from. There's been a big home improvement week for me. I figured out where the water was pouring out of, so I was able to uh, tell them that. But as far as now, why was it doing it? I have no idea. Some pump. There's some pump on the back of the furnace that I guess is out, which is causing water to keep coming. So it's just going to be now until they can come with the replacement pump, it's just going to be changing out the towels every <laughs> every half hour. I also lost all power to my garage the other day. And uh, was able to troubleshoot it myself, get it all fixed. Power was back on. Look at me. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. You're so chipper, despite all of this, Cody. When life hands you lemons, you pick those lemons up and you whip them back at life's face. Wow, that's what you do. And once you hit a direct, once you score a direct hit with a lemon in the face of life, you feel good. Nothing can stop you. What am I going to do? Whine and cry like a baby? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck it up. I'm going to go home and, and, and see, what, see what else has befallen us. 
Because my problems are no different than anybody. I'm sure, I'm sure people woke up this morning feeling the same way I did. All right, let's seize the day. Let's carpe the diem. And then they left their bedroom and things fell completely apart. And what, what gets me is before you even leave the house and it's fallen apart, usually, I, usually it takes me at least mingling with the public for a minute before things go horribly awry. Uh, but no, eh, whatever. It didn't. Uh, on the other side of the news... Have you ever wondered how you're perceived by other people? I normally don't, but the other day it slapped me right in the face. So we'll get into that on the other side of the news. Uh, Chicago stories told 24 7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. It is 5 o'clock in the evening. Oh, what was that? Did you hit your head, Pam? Are you are? I think Pam fell down. Are you okay? You know what? I oh my think <laughs> I, I think I almost just lost the microphone altogether. That would not be a good thing. No, you I, know, I, I <laughs> that's not a good way to start things. I wasn't even looking at the butter. All I hear is this thump. I'm like, oh no, Pam fell down. I was gonna send Cody in. Are you okay? I am just fine. Thank right. you. Do you need a do you need a second? I think I am gonna need a second. All right, take a second. Right. Uh, give me the high sign when you're ready to go. Thank you. Uh, Cody, how was your everything fine? We're gonna vamp. We're gonna fill a little time. Pam, Everything's great, Pam, Brian. Pam fell down, I think. Everything give me a story. We got it. we got a couple seconds. Other go. than that, everything's, everything's great. I, fine. I, I okay. went through with my thread last week and i actually saw cats again did you really i went with my sister on thursday oh my goodness was it as good the second time it was there's some things i liked better sometimes i didn't like as much but yeah it was just so good oh what didn't you like as much um very like that it had cats in it (laughs) you know weirdly that was okay you like that part you like that as much the second time the best thing was we got these two seats next to the aisle and i said when we sat down i said you can have the aisle seat and she's looking at me because i'm six four i'm very tall she's like why is he giving me the aisle seat and he's like wow that's really nice of you okay oh because not remembering that there let's just say if you haven't seen the show and you've got any little kids you definitely want them to sit on the aisle let's let's say the actors uh pay yeah, they'll, yeah. So did uh, they get near you? Did your sister get rum tum tugger? She got a little freaked out because <laughs> she didn't anticipate a cat zipping by her in the aisle. But right. I thought it was hilarious, and she had a blast. All right, we are getting the high sign from the newsroom. Uh, do you want me to give you the whole uh, the whole big rundown again, Pam? Yes. The whole big intro, sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Chicago stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on t- tune in. Little after 5 o'clock with the news, here's Pam Jones. Do you ever go out of the house and wonder how you are perceived by other people? I know we talk a lot about not caring what other people think and doing things for yourself, and that's that's all well and good. I'm, I'm fine with that. But do you ever wonder how people see you? This came into This came into a point for me the other day. Because I, I believe I was perceived as someone uh, creepy, perhaps some sort of uh, molester. It was not a good. It was not a good feeling. So I'm wondering, the last time you were judged outside and it really bothered you because it was the exact opposite of how you really are. So I stopped at Michael's the other day, the craft place. I was picking up a frame, and uh, I get in line now. Little kid, children especially babies, for some reason, they find me appealing. Most other, once you get to past the age when you can reason, people start stop liking me. But when they're real little, they tend to, there's something about me that attracts them to me. Uh, maybe I'm simple. I don't know what it is. I have a kind face. Could that be a Cody? Do I have a kind face? 
you know, honestly, kids are seem to stare at me a lot. I think it's tall people. Could be tall. Could be our height. Sure. I think kids have a weird, like, extra fascination with really tall people. Especially maybe, if maybe they're, not. especially if they're being held by a parent, and then someone is still taller than them. We must look like giants. True. Plus, I was wearing a giant costume. A New York Giants costume. Oh, I, I was, see. Yes, I was dressed like a football player. No. So I get in line, and in front of me is a family. And, um, you know, a mom and dad, maybe in their 30s. Um, they have another kid with them who's maybe 10. He's up at the register buying something. Then there's a few more people in line. Then the mom and dad. Uh, and the dad is holding a baby girl. Who's a, a toddler girl? Maybe she can't talk yet. So she's, let's say, 18 months, for sake of argument. You know, she's that's fine. So I come in, and I'm right behind the dad in line. But I'm not up on them like he couldn't feel my hot breath on the back of his neck. I was, I, I'm a guy who likes to leave enough bubble between myself and the person in front of me in line so that everybody's comfortable. Well, the baby... You know, the dad's holding the, the baby in his arms, and she's looking back over her shoulder, and she sees me, and she starts to smile, which is, you know, that's nice. I'm feeling, oh, okay, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not scaring the public. This is this is fantastic. So she makes like, ah, and she waves, and I just wave back. Not a full, ah, not like a bozo. I just, a uh, finger, a finger wave. Where I just bend my fingers. Palm stays straight. I'm waving at Cody now. So if you're you're looking at WGNRadio.com, this is how I would wave to you. So she smiles even bigger. Big toothless smile. I'm like, oh, this is very nice. So she keeps, ah, and she smiles again. And this time the dad looks around to see who's behind him. And I don't, like, hide the fact that I was smiling and waving at his kid. I wave again, and she laughs, and, and, uh, he turns back and he's waiting a little bit and she keeps making these sounds to me like she's talking to me but she's not cuz she's a baby. The dad then looks at the baby and says, "This guy's not with us." And he walks up like 3 feet. Oh, he walks away from me after telling the baby that I was not with them. Now the baby continues to look at me and wave. And then the mom turns around and the dad says, oh, she, the mom sees that the kid is looking at somebody, and she looks at me. And again, I'm very, I'm in plain sight. I'm not trying to be discreet and only wave at the baby when the grown-ups aren't looking. I look again, and I wave, and the mom says, oh, yeah, she sees, she sees somebody. And I wave. And, but I was like, what kind of, I understand wanting to protect your kid. I was, you know, when my daughter was little, I'm not going to let her wander off with some stranger. But if she's in line and she waves at somebody and they wave back, that's nice. Because there's nothing ruder, I think, and and I see this all the time. You're at a grocery store and a kid, a little kid, tiny kid sitting in the cart and they wander by. And kids love to say hello. They don't, they don't care. They're saying hello to everybody. And I always say hello back. But I've seen a lot of people shun these kids. You know, the kid will go, hi, hi. And the people just look at him like, shut up. And they keep moving. I'm like, but I don't do that. I try to be friendly, especially to kids, because kids hasn't, haven't done enough to upset me yet. They're not on my list. They're, they're, still, they're still in good standing with my ability to react with society. But when he said that guy's not with us and then moved, moved away from me so I was no longer in, I guess, 
maybe arm's length of his kid? Like I'm going to reach out and rub her head or something? It just, I was like, how do, one, what's the matter with this guy? That he's so distrustful. And I, you know, I left out some things about him that I, because it's it, not really relevant to the story. But what is it about him that is so paranoid about another person? And then even at that age, what does it teach? What does it teach a kid that you can never? Now, again, teaching a kid to be wary of strangers is one thing. But if you're holding your child, your child is protected. So what does that tell a kid? You can't you can never be friendly to anybody? It was just a weird thing and I and I struggled with it for a while that day. Like how how do I present myself in public? Um because I think we all know I'm not a danger to children. Adults are the only people I'm a danger to, and usually you know why and you deserve it. That's the difference. Um but there were a lot of layers to this that I wasn't I wasn't completely comfortable with. Now, does that shock you that someone would find me a threat to their child? It might. I mean, maybe you're overreacting. Yeah. I, I wasn't there to see. Well, all right. The guy he moved. He moved from, let's say, uh, this t- the the small TV monitor is what three and a half feet in front of me, maybe it's like a couple feet, maybe maybe three, yeah, three feet. All right. He moved up to the wall. Yes, uh, that much. Lot. That's, that's a long. Lot. That's like six or seven feet. Yeah, because it's one of those lines that goes and then there's a makes a U to get back to the registers. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were on the one the one arm, and he walked into the curve to avoid to avoid did, the kid being near me. Did the mom seem freaked out? No, the mom didn't seem freaked out. Um, maybe because the dad handled it. Handled this big scary guy who was waving at their child. Do you think he was overcompensating? Uh, I he was shorter than me. Um, you know, could have been it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if. I don't want to think it was a racial thing. Yeah, this was a Hispanic gentleman, um, heavily tattooed. So maybe there was a distrust because I look like the man. Let's be honest. I look like <laughs> I could be a narc in Michael's. Holding three picture frames in my arm because that's what narcs do. We go into a, we go, but so I don't think it. I, I don't want to think it was that because the whole neighborhood is, is a mix of people. We you know there's there's all all kinds of people in my neighborhood. Not a big deal. Everybody seems to get along. That's why this. And I I wasn't uh, sticking my tongue out. I wasn't making inappropriate gestures you to the weird child. Faces or anything, no, yeah. a smile. No, it's weird. I mean, the last I very distinctly remembering a lesson that my mom taught me when we were at a craft store and I was checking out and I was like thirteen or fourteen right. with her and some old lady made some small talk with me in line just about some linen or something about my shirt. <laughs> wow, or... who's making small talk with you about linen? I don't know what it yeah, was. Man, we... your fabric looks so breathable. <laughs> I would... Is it is it a blend or is it a natural fiber? Maybe my That's team... my old lady. How do you, how you that, like That's not a good old lady. I was just going to move. You're very good at old men. It's because I am an old man. Oh, I, I thought it was because you hung out with Roger enough. It is, I, well, there's a lot. I'm I, I pick it up by osmosis and, unfortunately, by time. Sure. <laughs> why not? No, I, I, this only talked to me for just like a minute. And I like I didn't really want to talk to this random stranger. But of then course not. After she walked away, my mom was like, you know, you might be the only person she talks to all day. Right. And I was like, that really made me think. And I'm like, yeah. Like, 
there's there's people that don't have a lot of like friends or family, and maybe they're lonely, or maybe wow, just is that, a little. Is that what I give off? No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is that that's a very different lesson than I was taught in Joanne Fabrics or whatever when I was little. Then sure. this little girl being in Michael's, you know, like he's not with this, us. This guy's not with this us. This guy's not with him, and kind of being. And I'm like, po- wait a minute, not with not with us. What po- does that mean? Yeah, I just malicious intent, like a- assuming malicious intent. I think assumes. Like it's you have to assume so much to get there. Like the yeah. the vast majority of people really are like are just most people are just going about their business. Yeah. They're not they're you know are a lot are are a number of people oblivious to other people in the world. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're being malicious about it. They're just not thinking of other people. This was a conscious effort by this guy to move far away from and I Here's the other thing. I know I didn't smell because I had showered that morning. Uh, it was only noon. I hadn't done any strenuous activity. So that's, uh, well, 847, then turn on something else. Uh, Brian, I applaud you for not asking the man to his face what his problem was. That's uh, from the 217. Yeah, it's, you know, what's the, uh, what's it? But that's what I want to ask from you. A time when you have been out and the way people reacted you reacted to you made you wonder how you actually are perceived by people. 312-981-7200. We've got some calls coming in, some more text. We will uh, get to those on the other side. It is 720 WGN. Are you ever surprised by how you are perceived in public? 312-981-7200. I was the other day. Larry is in Bartlett. He wants to weigh in on this. Hi, Larry. Hey, good afternoon, Brian. Um... I will never go into a craft store by myself, number one, because I can't stand it. Uh, and if my wife drags me, I always, well, gee, I just broke my leg. I'll wait in the car. But I, I really think that it may have just been the attitude of some people in today's world. Uh, you know, here's some single guy looking at my kid. What is this single guy doing in the store? If you were in Jewel or Sears or Kmart, probably wouldn't have happened. It's oh, unfortunate, but I, I've seen... Huh. Cases like that before. That is a that is an odd theory. I it might it, there might be people thinking that way. It, it is boy, it is sad though, isn't it, Larry? It, oh, it, it, it's incredibly sad. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I have a little kid, you know, anybody even looks cross-eyed, you know, I'm ready to go to war. Well, and sure, it's probably but, wrong on my part. Yeah, and there, but there's a difference. If somebody is if somebody is approaching your child, your hackles up. But we all know infants. You know, infants are smiling and waving at everybody. They're just, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Little kids around. seem to always gravitate me because they know I don't want to be anywhere near them. <laughs> it's the same as people who hate animals. Those animals, those are the people that the dogs want to go to. Larry, thanks for the Absolutely call. true. Have a great afternoon. Uh, Jeff is in Dundee. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Brian. Yeah, so you're, so you're saying that, uh, or uh, Cody was saying that tall people. I'm six six. I think I'm the same height as you, and Cody is six four. These these when I'm at the grocery store, I don't know the kids that are like not in the strollers or anything like that, but they're little kids, and they come up to me and they start pulling on my Levi's. They go, "Hey, hey, hi, hi," you know. They're all happy, happy to see a big, a big guy. Yeah. And uh, and I always ask them. Well, where's your mommy at? Where's your mommy? Show me your mommy, because you got to go to your mommy. Oh, I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't 
want to be caught on any. Heaven forbid, if something happens, that kid goes disappearing. I don't want to be the last thing that they know oh, if geez. they talk to a big tall guy. Right. And then I, and I'll be in trouble for nothing that I did, you know. Well, you always have so. to be cognizant of that stuff. Jeff, thank you for the call. Yeah, you think about it, you know, there's nothing you can do if kids if kids want to talk to you, but you do have to be uh, kind of uh, careful what's going on. From the 773, another theory, a glass half full theory. I like Optimus, Cody, because I am not one. Uh, maybe the previous time his daughter smiled and made noises at someone. Uh, maybe that someone complained to the dad about the little girl. If you complain about a toddler waving at you, you really should never leave the house. You need to sit down, reevaluate your life, and that's it. Because, uh, I don't know. Uh, from the 704, this is from uh, Ken in Berwyn. Brian, I went to look for eyeglasses. As I was leaving, the police were there. Someone from the store called them, accusing me of shoplifting, never went back. See, you know, you never know really how you are being perceived. But I guess we always have to be careful. Deanna says a favorite thing for parents of grown kids to do is to sit behind toddlers and infants in church and catch their eyes and make them smile. Almost all moms look pleased when I smile admiringly at their kids, but I'm a middle-aged woman. Dads seem oblivious usually. Yeah, maybe it is, maybe it is just a guy thing. It just it would just um Strange. Uh, from the 630, Brian, it's more probable that the man has issues and has nothing to do with you, probably. Um, I love people like you that are nice and give people space. Every line I'm in, the person behind me is always close enough to be a locket in my pocket. I don't That I don't understand. When when Why would you want to be that close to another human being? Unless it's, you know, somebody you love. But in line, I, don't, I, always, I always want to give space. Are you are you one of those guys who crowd up? Are you you know? No. What drives me crazy is if you're ordering food at a fast food place, or you're like I don't know buying a pack of gum at Walgreens or something, right. and and the second person in line acts like the person in front of them is 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 trading the nuclear codes or something, <laughs> and they stand back like twelve feet, and you're like, are you in line? If you are in line, why are you so far away? Like, do you need that much privacy to get your coffee at 7-Eleven? There should be a happy medium. There uh, should be no more than you know, three feet away. Like, three I, to five feet away. I mean, even... Three I, feet it, is good. I think a yard. If, it, you're, if you're more than three feet away, either the person in front of you has some sort of odor, um, a skin disease that you're afraid is going to catch, uh, you're going to catch, or there's something, there's something wrong. But three feet is a good... That's a nice bubble. Yeah, it's it's more important socially to society to clearly express that you're in a line by forming a line. You know, like lines don't just happen. Lines aren't just disparate dots. I'll tell of you people. what. You you don't you don't ever think as much about lines as when you go to England, because the queue <laughs> is the thing, man. And you there's signs everywhere. Respect the queue. You get people there line up for everything, and they line up uh, very courteously, and they they respect other people's space. They respect the they were the the idea of cutting the line in England would be an abomination. There is absolutely no chance that those people would cut the line, but it's a beautiful thing. So I I like that. I think we institute the the three the one yard bubble rule, the three feet. No more than three feet, no less than three feet. I don't want to feel you in my in my bubble. As we say, as we say to kids, keep you gotta have a personal bubble. You gotta have a little space. And when you when they don't uh, boy, when they don't give you the space, I don't need to hear it. Now, it's the summer. You would think if you have teenagers that they would be working, working, working. 
But a new study has come out that throws um, that theory into question. We'll talk about why. We'll talk about your summer jobs and whether you think uh, it is important for high school kids and college kids to have jobs in the summer. We'll get to all of that in just a minute. But first, I know, I know, I was filling because I saw you typing, or I saw you helping. John's in Midlothian. Hi, John. Yeah, uh, I was talking to your buddy over there about uh, how kids gravitate towards people. Yeah, I, uh, one of them guys, you know, everywhere I go, you know, I, I, the kids just, I'm like, a, uh, my friend says, you know what, you're a kid magnet, man. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why, but I have fun with it. Like I said, you know, when I go to the Walmart or, or stores or where grocery stores and the kids are in the in the shopping cart you know yeah. and i see them and then they eye me out and then i look at i look back at them and then i say you know i start making funny faces at them and then they start making funny faces back at me and i make funny faces back at them and then the parents turn around and i make a straight face and look the other way i'll continue making i'll continue making the funny face so the parents see that i'm not up to no good you know because <laughs> then they'll like, turn the other way and then they'll, they'll be like why is my kid looking at that guy over there? My wife turns around to me and she says, John, cut it out. Stop it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm having fun. Well, as long as you're having fun, John, <laughs> thanks for the call. Have a great weekend. Take it easy. Cody uh, from the 773, I always allow a little extra space when I'm second in line to give the person ahead some privacy regarding their credit card info. That's why we're saying we institute the three feet, the one yard rule. Uh, I, I get a little bit. A I little like, bit. listen, I love the stores that now have the please wait here until. It's your till, you know, especially at the pharmacy when they're talking about private matters or the credit card like this person's. You, if I'm putting in my number, I don't want you get off, even if you're not looking. Yeah. Take a step back. See, and again, pharmacy, I get it's one. That's one thing. But, you know, it, especially if you're paying. You Listen, know. my coffee orders are very particular. Oh, yeah. Very, very precise. Very government sponsored. So <laughs> I that's all we're going to do. Uh, Pam, you are you are OK. I am just fine. Right, I'm laughing good. at you about no, your I'm line good. requirements. That's, that's fine. We all have we all have our bugaboos. I just uh, want to make sure you did not fall down again. Uh, <laughs> I must tell people this first: uh, how a shortage of specialized workers has turned summer construction season into an even bigger mess than usual. That's Monday's cover story on WGN TV News at nine. We will talk about summer jobs for the young on the other side of the news. It's five thirty on seven twenty WGN. Into the newsroom. It's Pam Jones. A lot of people weighing in on our uh, proposed law to make it uh, you have to leave a f- three feet between the people in front of you. Uh, that seems to be a consensus that people are standing too close. People saying they don't like uh, feeling like somebody's looking, trying to take their credit card number. They don't like uh, just feeling too crowded. So, uh, listen, we may have stumbled onto something, Cody. If I decide to run for office, that'll be one of the planks in my platform. We need to give people three feet, a three foot bubble. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Pam's in. Pam, you're down with that? I am totally down. Good. See, we've got our thumb on the pulse of uh, America, Cody. And then our foot on the neck of America. That's how we do it. (laughs) You start with, you start little, and then you win the the public over, then you squeeze them out. Did you you work during high school during the summers? Yeah. You did. What kind of jobs did you have? I had an internship at a printing company. All right. Uh, Helping nice. like cut vinyl and stuff. Worked in shipping at my dad's office and a couple other offices. So you worked hard. How about college? Did you work during the summers during college? Yeah, every summer. Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah. Got to make that money. So did I. I started working. Uh, this is no. I, I, 
this is not going to set me apart from a lot of people. I started working when I was 13, caddying in the summer, you know. Uh, then I moved up the usual kind of high school jobs, college jobs. I worked uh, as a dishwasher, worked as a busboy, I worked at a grocery store, uh, on a loading dock during college as a bouncer. Uh, you know, typical, typical jobs that, that people did. Uh, when they were in school because, you know, you have to make money. Well, that has that is all changing, and I'm wondering if this change is actually doing a disservice to, to kids because now they're not getting any real-life work experience. Because at least, you know, you may not have liked your job in high school. I know I didn't like catting all the time. I didn't like when I was working at, uh, you know, a fast-food fishery, trying to show, having to show up there and deal with uh, fish and deep-frying grease stuff all day. But you learn that, you know, if you have a job, you got to show up. You have to do it. Uh, You're not always going to like it. You're not always going to get to do whatever you want. Sometimes the boss is going to tell you to do something that uh, you really hate. But guess what? They're the boss. And so so you got to do it because you're at work. Well, the summer job, which is uh, an entry-level rite of passage into uh, the working world for teenagers, is becoming obsolete, according to this story in the Tribune. A study released this month by the Brookings Institute found that only one in three teens aged 16 to 19 are working or looking for a job, down sharply from 2000 when more than half the teens were in the workforce. That's about when you were a teen, wasn't it? 19 years ago? It's going to take me a while to do that math. It's math. Get back to me. All right. Uh, So they're saying that, that, that the reason that the kids are not working is because in a quest to get into better colleges. They are doing a lot more uh, extracurricular activities, a lot more studying. They're going to summer school. They're doing all these other things rather than getting jobs. They're just too busy during the the school year to have an after-school job. I mean, I worked after school a couple days a week and maybe, maybe one or two days during the week and then the weekends, you know? Or maybe one day during the school week and then uh, Saturday and Sunday. But they're saying now the kids can't because they're so focused on stuff. And I look I look back at, at my own daughter, who was in a lot of different things at school. And um, so she didn't work during the school year. During the summer, she would get she would get jobs. When she was in college, she always worked during the summer. But in high school, it was mostly babysitting kind of things. But she would go out and, and earn some money, you know. So Because I do think part of, part of having high school kids work is that they do learn a respect for money. You know, you, you realize, hey, you want those gym shoes? Well, guess what? We're not going to drop that kind of money on gym shoes that you don't really need. If it's something you really want, work for it, save your money, and then decide. Because a lot of times, things that we want when someone else is giving us the money, when we have to earn the money ourselves, suddenly you realize, yeah, you know what? This is not really a priority in my life. I don't really need to. I don't really need that uh, shirt because I got a bunch of shirts, and this one I'm not spent. When you realize as a kid how long you have to work to make, let's say, a hundred dollars, at that age, it does teach you a lesson. And then that lesson will hopefully carry over when you're an adult. And now I know, Cody, it only takes you like 12 minutes to make $100. So, you know, you might. I don't know. 
somewhere. I would love to make $100 oh. in 12 minutes. Look at my $100 every 12 minutes. Certainly not here. I don't think I've made $100 working for WGN since I started producing for you. No, in, in the whole 11 years. Yeah. You're you're basically $10 annually. I'll get there soon. You're going to make it. Three figures. Sit back. Sit back and relax. Count your dough. Uh, so fewer teenagers work during the school year. Labor force participation has dropped from nearly 50% to about 34%. Uh, in 2000, just one in 17, one in 17 were exclusively summer school students. So now they say the other reason for beyond, um, trying to get into top schools is in uh, high school is harder than it used to be. So it's not just that they're trying to get into better schools. It's just high school is harder, they say, than it was when we were in high school. I'm not sure how that can be. If you're in high school and you're listening to this program, God, you have great taste. Uh, 312-981-7200. Or if you're a parent of a high school student, outside of the extracurriculars and things, is it harder because there's more of these um, like honors classes? But doesn't that, doesn't that go to the quest to get into a better school, taking all these honors classes? I know they I know they count more towards your GPA, which then allows you to uh, you know, look better on paper to a recruiter. You know, this is what really bothers me about what bothers you about college graduates. And I know this is a different situation, but, you know, they get the special honors with the special cords. Yes. All the special honors students. You're very in special. Highest grades. Everybody's and, special. Like. I, that's great from an academic standpoint, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they worked harder. Like there's students who probably took some easier classes, but maybe were working like two jobs, yeah, or something. It just I don't know. It's it seemed to me like because the the idea, the whole reason we wear graduation robes is as an equalizer sure. to show everyone is an equal at this institution. But we're introduced... not because we have hoods and cords. Yeah, and he introduced these cords, and it's like, oh well, this person took a harder class. Oh cool, I was like working, you know, till three in the morning on weekends bartending, and I was also dealing with family problems or whatever. Right. People people have all these different things, and it's I don't know. I don't like that one metric. Well, there's. Yeah. And I think it's that, academia. I think that there are high school students who will graduate who all they did was put their head down and study, and they got right, all these, and they look great on paper, and they had these great classes, sure. and they had a wonderful GPA. But then there's going to be other kids that were maybe B B plus students. My case, maybe C plus that had extra jobs and were in all these extracurriculars right. and new team activities. So there, there's and you can be. I I believe you can be in extracurriculars and still have some sort of job. It doesn't mean that you're working. Working nine to five. You're not working full time. You're not working every day after school. But I think it's important to get a kid out there to learn that the world is a place where you need to compromise, where everything does not always go your way. And the best way to find that out is to go to work. Because once you go to work, you're playing by somebody else's rules altogether. And you have to you have to be on time. You can't they don't care if you stayed up late. And, and, you know, binge something on Netflix. Your boss doesn't care. Show up. You know. They don't care if, oh, I had to stop and there was a line at start. I don't care. You're, you have to be here. You have to be on time. There's a discipline to going to work that I, I think while kids are disciplined in their studies, it's a different kind of thing. Um, so I'm wondering if you if you have a child that is out there 
working, or if you've had this conversation at home and said, you know what, um, during the school year, they're not going to work. And I know there's so, – listen, I'm I'm screaming and yelling about this. Well, I'm not screaming and yelling. I'm saying this, but during the school year our, in high school, our daughter didn't work because, you know, with band and with this and with that, there was always something on the weekends. So there was no real time to have a traditional job, like at a McDonald's or something where you go and you, you have a schedule. So, like I said, she would – she would babysit. She would do those kind of things. That was a more flexible gig economy, Cody. I think that's what the kids call it, the gig economy. Sure. You pick it up wherever, you know. But um, so they're, uh, they're saying the trend has families and economists asking whether teenagers might be better prepared academically but ill-equipped to handle the rigors of real-world employment. That's what I'm saying. So, yes, we've got a lot of kids who graduate from high school and they've done extraordinary things academically. But what have they missed out on? What was your so you told me you were you interned at a printing place in what'd high you, school? Yeah. What did yeah. you, you, you learn there at the printing place? Yeah, oh, what did lots, it teach you? What lots, did it teach you? Lots of stuff. Printing vinyl, doing sure. designs, like backing stuff up on CDs. Uh, that. Some of it was kind of repetitive, right. but I learned stuff in the break room from some of the guys in shipping. I learned about the <laughs> That's hottest... how I can only imagine what you learned from the guys in shipping in the break room. Uh, the hottest Mexican salsa, I, uh, Tabasco sauce I've ever had. Really? Oh, yeah. No, they the some of the guys would bring in, like, uh, tortillas or tacos or make make their own food every day for work, and, like, they brought in this hot sauce. And they're like, try some of this. And they, they pour on, like, a drop, and I about, you know, my <laughs> mouth about exploded. Uh, so that was good. That was a good experience. Yes, you can learn a lot of things. You can learn a lot of things from your uh, from your high school and college. It's a, world, a lot of ways to learn stuff outside of just classes. Like you're right. saying, you learn stuff from jobs, but you also learn stuff from extracurriculars. Of course you do. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be involved in extracurriculars. I'm not saying you shouldn't study hard in school. Yes, but now we have, have we gone too far the other way. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, you can also learn from having free time. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I taught myself how to build websites because I was bored and I had time. Mm -hmm. And for fun, oh. I wanted to build a website. Cody, you are, uh, you're obviously not a parent. I'm you obviously not. You cannot give your children free time. We must schedule everything. There we is... schedule their play. We schedule er everything must be scheduled for a child. Or you end up with children like I see and all they do is sit with an iPad. Mm. That's it. All they do. They're in front of a screen. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, nothing. It's on my tablet. All weekend? Yeah. So we have to find the balance there, too. How much do we schedule the kids as opposed to how much free time do we give them? Because you are intellectually curious. Some kids are not. Yeah. Some kids, if they have free time, they just want to hear the buzz that's in their head all the time. And that's all they hear. Yeah. That's all they hear. That's all they care about. I mean, adults need to be less scheduled, too. This is really a larger society problem. I don't... Uh... Like, really, like, people, mental health is, it's really good for mental health when you just Are have Are you a time. socialist or a communist? I, I am can't decide. a scientist, Brian. Wow. You are blinding me with your science. I know. <laughs> While I try to get my eyesight back, 312-981-7200. Is it important, do you think, for kids to have uh, summer jobs when they are in high school and college? Are you surprised by the fact that uh, so few, one in three teenagers, 
age 16 to 19 are out there either working or looking for work during the summer. We'll get to all of that and more on the other side. It's 720 WGN. Is it important for its kids to have summer jobs? 312-981-7200. The new study is out saying one in three teens uh, are not only one in three teens between 16 and 19 are working or looking for a job. Uh, in 2000, that was about half. Uh, did you have a summer job in high school, college? Did your kids? So, like I said, I did. My daughter did not in high school, but did in college. 312-981-7200. Carol's on the road. Hi, Carol. Hi. So what do you think? Um, you absolutely have a job. I had a job. It's so funny because 10 minutes before you started your conversation, my oldest, who's 15, said, well, I get a job when I get a job when I turn 16. Will I be working during the school week or just weekends? And I said, well, you'll probably work one to two days during the week and you'll work weekends. And she's been itching for a job for a long time. And ah, okay. Killer, babysit. Uh, tutor in math, she's good in math. I said, tutor yeah. the kids in the neighborhood in math, but I push them to earn money on their own. I mean, we're, we're literally on 55 right now driving to Dallas. The three of them have their headphones in, and one doesn't even know I'm talking to you right now <laughs> because it's so loud. Well, she listen, just nod her head. I think it's great that they want to that they want to have their own uh, money and they want to go out and, and get to work. And I like I like your those are good suggestions because then you're not locked into a schedule. If you can tutor or babysit, you know people are always looking for good babysitters. So exactly. there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And I understand the whole AP courses. She's going to be taking two or three yeah. as a sophomore, but they they push the AP courses, and I'm learning more and more because I did speak with her principal about it. And they make them all take the AP courses, and he says the colleges know that we throw A's around like candy. Sure. So it's not as much as what AP courses they took. Yes, your GPA does count, but they want to look at more well-rounded students now. Right, and they're also they looking. See what, like, yeah. well, what else you do within the school? If it's not just grades, are you joining clubs, volunteering? Or, and also, you if know, you're out, like if you're out working, if you're out in the community doing something, they want to see that you can juggle things and you can you're able to multitask. It's there's they and want they, they want well-rounded students. And then you're making a difference in your community. Exactly. Well, drive safely, Carol. Thank you for the call. Absolutely. Take care. It is. Uh, I I love driving with the windows down, like Carol was doing. I love it. That's my favorite thing about the summer. But I always I always roll the windows up when I call. But I tell you what, I would unless it's over not like the weather that it is now ninety five or something. Then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna roll it up. Look who look who showed up. You didn't even pop in today, Roger. Are you, is, are you upset? I I saw your post. You were having trouble getting here. You're not. Uh, you're here a little later than normal. Is that throwing you off? Yeah, it has. It's off. good Just to see. You. It's is good to see you too. Okay, what happened? Was there traffic? Yeah, traffic was kind of heavy uh, coming southbound on the drive. I had oh to zigzag through the downtown area. That's never fun. No. No, and uh, especially with people who have the uh, GPS going in their car, but yeah. still have no clue where they are. <laughs> <laughs> How many people did you ram? Tell me it's okay. Um, well, there were sirens behind me. Um, sure, whatever so happens in your wake is I'm not, not that's sure. Not I'm looking concern. forward. I'm not seeing where I came exactly. from. I'm looking where I'm going. I want to see where, exactly where I'm going, not where I've been. <laughs> you know who looks back? Losers. That's there who you looks go. back. You gotta look forward. You keep moving forward. You're like a shark. Yeah, that's right. Shark. I'm looking for that opening. Going.
Yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah. Oh, so, my so it was a little slow, but uh, and then uh, you know uh, things at home had to make sure everything was set for uh, uh, for Bridget yeah. uh, because I'm going to be away a few hours, and I want to make sure she's got everything How within is she, reach. Everything all right? Yeah, she's she's better? fine. Uh, you know, four weeks in the sling, and then she'll yeah. start uh, physical therapy and uh, see the doctor again. Uh, but it's just it, it's her dominant arm. Oh. So it's that's the word. You never realize either how weak your other arm is until mm-hmm. you can't use your dominant arm, or how useless like for me how useless my left hand is until I can't use my right hand. I'm like, how did I even? How do I exist? I don't know on a day to day basis. Yeah, I told her. She says, "Well, I can't write things down." She likes to make lists, and I said, "You know, when I broke my wrist, my right wrist in college, I had to take notes in class left-handed. I got pretty good at it." Okay. And so she gave me the the stink eye look, and uh, sure enough, the next day she hands me her little notebook and says, "Here's a list of things I need at the store." Wow! And I, you know what? She wrote better with the left hand than she did with the right. I could actually read what she wrote. (laughs) Very nice. So yeah, it's but she's she's uh, doing good. Uh, You know, she's got Amazon Prime to watch all her uh, mysteries and detective shows and so yeah it's you know day by day so it's all good very nice uh, a couple of people chiming in now did you encourage your students when uh, you taught to high school to have uh, did they work did a lot of them work or no uh, a lot of them did have jobs uh, outside of school um, some of them took that more seriously than school because they saw that as their future they didn't see college as their future so their grades the the uh act scores uh, really didn't mean much to them okay but they were looking to to get start start exactly and but the good thing about the majority of the years that i taught from 2000 to when i left in 2014 was that I was teaching a what's known as a federally funded job training program. Okay. Yes, I was teaching broadcasting, but we had to, as part of the curriculum, learning about cameras and microphones, we had to teach them about work. Yes. So there were work important. skills that we had to incorporate. They got tested on them and had to teach them about money, working for someone in charge, uh, being on time, time sheets, this, you know, uh, taxes, everything. Yeah. So that was part of the curriculum, and it was very important to me because the thought was that you're getting them ready for work out of high school. Not saying that they won't go to college, but, but maybe if, some but people... Some will, it's college exactly. for everybody, and some, some people are not going to go, and you get need to give them... You need to give them those traits. Uh, the 708 waited in. I think kids are losing their people skills when they're not working a job. Uh, somebody uh, said their daughter is a from the 847. My daughter will be a senior in high school. She has worked for two years. She works one day a week during school and on the weekends. It teaches them responsibility. High school is more challenging than it was when I was in high school, blended in AP classes. Social media controls them, too. And then somebody asked, does it break down by ethnic groups? It does. Uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds, is quoting from the Tribune, also play a role in, in the employment equation for teens, uh, with whites more likely to work in the summer and, and the rest of the year. That, according to the Pew Research Center, last summer, employment rate for 16 to 19-year-olds whites was 37.5%, compared with 28.9% for Hispanics and 25.8% for African Americans. So there you go. On the other side of the news, we are going to meet... 
a middle school student who is going to make us all wish we had paid a little more attention in science class. We will talk to Amelia Dobek on the other side of the news. But first, Chicago Stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Lindemann Chimney and Fireplace. There he is. He made it after all. Roger Bat. Sometimes I meet people and I think to myself, man, oh man, I really should have paid uh, more attention in school. Which pretty much anybody. Anybody who does well in school, I think I should have paid more attention. Uh, Meeting uh, my guest, Amelia Dobek, I'm having that same feeling. I probably should have paid more attention in school. Amelia is... Uh, one of the top 20 3M Young Scientist Challenge State Merit winners. 3M and Discovery put together the Young Scientist competition every year. And Amelia has won for Illinois. She uh, she has created something phenomenal. Welcome, Amelia. Glad to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. So this, uh, this is exciting. Explain to, explain to people a little bit about what the 3M uh, Discovery Young Scientist competition is. Okay, so the competition is basically to create an innovation that will help humanity as a whole and kind of um, conquer one of the main challenges we as a society face. Okay, so the, you see this and you, you start to formulate a plan. Now, yes. you, you, this is not your first science project or science competition, No, right? it's not. Okay, what have, you, how, what have you competed in prior to this? Um, it was called Generation Beyond. It was also with Discovery Education, but it was also with Lockheed Martin. It was to design a, um, a habitation module that will be going to Mars for wow. um, space and then how to make it easier for the astronauts and everything to do with that. And how old were you when you entered this competition? It was 2017 to 18, so okay. I was in seventh grade. You were in seventh grade. And how did you do in that competition? Um, I won first you place won first. as individual. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so you're in seventh grade, and you are creating a way for astronauts to survive on Mars. Yeah. And and the people at Lockheed Martin and Discovery went, yeah, you know what, this this makes a lot of sense. How Have you always, now, in your vast years, because you're, you're going to be a freshman in high school, yes. so you're 14? Yes. All right. In your vast uh, 14 years of experience, have you always been into science? Yeah, basically always. Um in school, there's always projects that we were to do, so I designed one that took out carbon dioxide in the air. So it was always this, my mind was always working to yeah. engineer something else, come up with a solution for something. So it was just always, yeah. That's amazing. And and this is great. And it's a, you're a, a perfect uh, picture for what people have been talking about for like the last decade, getting young women to get more involved yeah. in science. I mean, that's that's a great thing. So, all right. So you win the, you win the Lockheed Martin. And you're, you know, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Plus, you know, if you ever got shot into space, you could figure out a way to, to survive, which I think is phenomenal. So now you get this, uh, the 3M, and they say you're trying to figure out a problem that you can solve that is going to affect all of us. So how do you start? Because if you ask me that, there's a, a, a litany of problems, yeah. and I have no solutions. That's what separates you and I. I just give up. You try to come up with a solution. So how did you whittled down this list and what was the problem that you finally decided to focus on well um i've actually got this idea before but i didn't really know when to incorporate it when to bring it up and then this was an opportunity that i saw that i can actually get this into um the world so um it was the problem was mass shootings yes 
Right. Which is a horrible problem. Yeah. All Especially right? after Parkland, and it was so, um, it's really recent. Yes, and somebody in your age group who is, you know, other people your age are the ones who are directly affected by yeah. this. So, okay, so this is this is a problem that adults all over the country are like, well, there's no way to solve this. So how do you, so you, at 14, decide you're going to set your mind to doing this. How did you, what did you decide to do? What, what um, was your solution? Well, I wanted, I was thinking, how could we actually stop this from happening? Because I don't think we're ever going to ban guns, right. so there has to be another way to do it. Okay. And I was thinking, if it's not all the time, what if it's only towards a certain location, like schools, um, places of worship, business? Okay. So then that's when I started working on what if it locks any time and nears the location. And then, um, so the gun itself, it's just a trigger system. That okay. you replace in just a regular um, gun that um, doesn't have it before. And then what happens is you have set up a router. And then that router sends out signals oh, towards um, everyone towards that one location. And then okay. when that gun nears that router, it like the ge- a gear spins and it locks the gun so you can't shoot. If you like go near within, like, let's say, a 10-feet radius of a school or maybe okay. more, and then things like that, and people can set up, like, at homes and places. Huh, and this is this is something outside law enforcement, obviously. Yeah. So you, yeah. that's a, that's a, one, it's a very good idea. Thank you. And it works, it's kind of like a cell phone blocker kind of uh, thing, where yeah. once you get in this radius, like you said, it, it shuts it off. I like that, I like this idea. Thank you. All right, so you come up with this idea, makes sense to me. What? How does it progress from your head to this contest? So I had to um, figure out every detail because it was to explain the innovation because at that point I just had the one idea and I didn't know what kind of gears, how exactly it would work with the router. And that's when I started to make blueprints and that's when I started to write out what I should do and how exactly it would work and then possible problems it would face and then Mm -hmm. trying to solve those. Now we're... Where do you start? Where do you research this? To, to come up with a blueprint for a trigger lock on a gun, you might as well be throwing me a, a Chinese menu all in Chinese. Because where, where do you start? Where do, how, do you, how do you get this going? Well, the Internet has a lot of pictures of how the trigger system works. So then uh-huh. there are a lot of animated ones with that. So then I was looking at which parts goes where. And then at that point, I could see where it has to be located. Okay. And then really just from the beginning of how does it work, how does it look like, how could it work, right. to actually having a final like design. So you design it, and then what's the process for them to look at it and judge it and decide uh, that you are going to be the state merit winner? Well, they look at how it affects the world, how could it be used, and then just your overall explanation, how much engaging it is, and then just the whole presentation. Is there a process before you get to the final judgment where you're talking to someone from 3M or from Discovery and saying, this is this is kind of my idea, and they mentor you, mentor you through this, or is this... You come up with the entire project by yourself and then submit it. Yeah, you come up with the entire project by yourself and then you submit it and then they have a little survey about what you want to do in the future, what's the best invention, and then just like a bunch of different questions that they can find a little bit more about you and your project. Those are things we want to uh, we want to get to get from you too because uh, again this is uh, this is very exciting. So now, what does it mean to be a state merit winner for the 3M Discovery Young Scientists? 
challenge? Um, so out of all of Illinois, they decided that I was the best entry in Fair. all of Illinois. Very nice. Do you know what other kind of things you competed against? Do they let? Do you get to see? Is it like a science fair that we all went to in high school? Do Do you ever? Did you go somewhere and see? No, and present your stuff, or no, did you just all, present it? Was it was all online. Okay. Uh, most of the things were actually environmental. Oh, issues. really? Yeah. Okay. Well, th- th- those are all important problems yeah. too. It's. It, what made you stray from like an environmental issue? Because some people would, you know, they hear, oh, something that affects humanity. You would think the air or you would think water. Yeah. You, but you went to a much more practical, everyday problem that most of us hopefully will never experience. But the right. people who do experience it, it's life shattering. Yeah. So what made you forego that, the more ethereal for the more practical? Um, I think that just having the idea of something like a mass shooting happening so like parkland really affected everyone in schools especially like we had a conversation in um as a whole school and it wasn't something that just goes in one year and comes out another it was something that affects the whole country and so with environmentalism it's the whole world working on it and it's kind of more abstract in a way while mass shootings are something that are killing people and it's like really direct Right, it's and, happening right now. Yeah, it's happening right now. Well, environmentalism, we still have 20 years until the ma- most effects actually occur, something like that. But then mass shootings, it's innocent people being killed. And then more of them are happening, like the Las Vegas shooting, and it's yeah. just it's piling up so much that there has to be something happening. Like humans have gone into space. We've had cures for, for diseases that... Um, we once right, were once we, thought right. uncurable, but then we don't have something that are is affecting us right now and right now. Well, yeah. I love I love your idea. What was it? What was the official name of your submission? It was the Auto Lock Trigger System. Auto Lock Trigger System. All right, yeah. very good. Hopefully, somebody will pick it up. Yeah. Amelia Dobek is my guest. She is the. 3M Young Scientist Challenge State Merit Winner for Illinois. Uh, we, I want to talk to you about what you, you know, again, you're 14. Your future uh, lies ahead of me. Plus, I want to get into a little more how these uh, space guys can live on Mars because that's that's fascinating, too, and that was the last uh, competition that you won. So we'll talk more with Amelia. If you have a science question, I'm listen, I'm sure Amelia can answer it. 312-981-7200. More with Amelia on the other side. It's WGN. Amelia Dobek is in the studio with me. She is the state merit winner for the 3M Young Scientist Challenge. She had the best invention for Illinois, tackling a problem in the world and uh, or taking a problem and trying to figure out how to do it. Her automatic locking, uh, automatic trigger lock system. Did I get it right? Auto that lock time? trigger system. Auto lock trigger system is it. Um, are you now... We mentioned that the push has been, which it took way too long, but the push has been for young women and girls to get more involved in science. Uh, are your friends as into science as you are? Is this something that you see around school, or are you kind of um, more unique and you're like, well, science is my thing? I feel like I'm more unique, but um, especially with the last competition, I think I really inspired a bunch of especially third graders yeah. when I was talking about my innovation and what could happen. Um, actually, one girl came up to me and she said she wants to be a robotic engineer after she heard what I said. Wow, very cool. And so I think the more people and kids especially hear about these kind of things that it is possible and that it's actually a lot of fun, the more yeah. people will be into it, building um, inventions, robotics, and things like that. Did you, did you find science, the science class in school 
exciting, or did you do you do more science uh, science activities outside? Is it was it a combination of both, or was there one more than others? Um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, um, science in class it's something that I wouldn't look at um, usually, like genetics or things like that. So yeah. it kind of opens my horizons even more because okay. I would usually be looking at aerospace, maybe just engineering robots and robotics. But then here I get biology into it and things like that. So I think um, science class just kind of opens um, for more. Just some different avenues, yeah. different uh, different parts of the science world. Yeah. So when you talk to these, when these third graders come up after you do your presentations, and you're telling, you know, they think it's really cool, which they should. So what do you tell them? How do you tell them to, to keep going? Because now, obviously, you're an inspiration. You're a role model for these young girls who want to, you know, who want to stay in science. I think the project itself speaks for itself yeah. because um, they asked a lot of questions. I feel like that really got them into it. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell them to um, go out, but I did so- tell them to dream hard and, like, just dream big and just keep going forever um, what you want to do. If it's not science, maybe art or um, literature, anything they want to do, just right. go towards it. And then I did explain that science, especially now with um, so many new technologies coming up, is a huge career and there's so many possibility, so possibilities. So if you like art, there's something else, literature. Sure. So I think I explained it like that. Do you have a do you have a scientific role model, a woman maybe one of the hidden numbers women or somebody like that that that's your science like some people look up to athletes. Who's your scientist that you look um, up to? Um I think Marilyn Houston, the CEO of Lockheed Martin is a huge role model for me cuz uh, she really climbed up that that ladder and now she's the CEO, the first woman yes. CEO of Lockheed Martin and she's just done a huge amount for them so i think that's a big role model for me very nice what do you as you again you're just going into high school so you've got a lot of time to get but at this point where do you see yourself going science wise is that that's obviously something you want to continue for the rest of your life that's what you want to make your career and what what avenue do you want to pursue um i definitely want to keep helping people with technology but i think i'm going to go into the aerospace okay. part of things very possibly nice. maybe being an astronaut seeing mars um, Geology-wise, too, a little bit of everything. I'm glad you came back to Mars because you're the the competition you won for Lockheed Martin. Explain that you you built a, a, something that will sustain life. For I the uh, designed something that would go from Earth to Mars, okay. and so it was actually three parts. So one, we'd had I had a little planet-wise thing. It was the Mars Mars storage station in between the two planets. Okay. So that would allow them to dock into it halfway through. So it wasn't um, a two-year journey. It was a one-year journey or even less than that, um, depending on how they're positioned, the planets. And so that was one part. Another part was a simulator because astronauts lose bone mineral density in their cardiovascular system weakens when they're in space. Of course. But then it's I knew kind that, of... Cody. <laughs> Um, it's kind of boring sitting a, on a bike or a treadmill for three hours a day. <laughs> so yes. I was thinking, how can we make that more um, effective where they'd actually want to do it? And that's when I came up with a simulator where it's kind of like um, the dome in the planetarium. Yeah. So it's kind of it's like a real life experience. So they're there. They can choose, oh, I want to go on a beach or okay. take a jog through the forest. And then they'd get smells, wind, sounds and things like that. So they'd actually wow. want to do it. And then the third part was um, there. It was a self-growing farm, 
So it was an automatic system that would grow from seed to full plant, and then it would cut, and then it would store it in, like, a frozen storage. It's amazing. Now, this is not something that, uh, when I was in school, and I hate to say this, Amelia, a lot of times with a project, I would wait till the last minute. And I would kind of throw it together. This does not sound like a project you could throw together the last night, unless your mom and dad are really patient and helpful. Uh, but even then, it's too much work. How long does something like that take you to, from the time you start conceptualizing your idea and then the design to when you actually submit it uh, for both the Lockheed Project and this uh, 3M Young Scientist Challenge? Um, I think one to two months. Um, I started, it's around two months. Okay. And then the first month is more like it's slower paced. It's more like getting your ideas together, looking at the problems, finding solutions. And then the last month is um, more fast paced. It's more getting it all together, going to Michael's, going to the craft <laughs> stores and getting everything to create this. And I think um, that's the more um, fast paced. But then towards the whole project, there's a lot of research going on. Oh, this isn't working, so I have to find something else and things like that. Now, are your mom and dad uh, into science? Can they help you with this, or is this something you have to talk to someone? Uh, like at school, you have a teacher that, that helps you out, or is this just you in your room doing science? Uh, my parents are definitely supportive. They take me everywhere I need to sure. go, even if it's going somewhere. <laughs> I forget something, and we have to go five times there a day. They're really <laughs> supportive with that, or they're, they're right. the ones filming me yep. and holding the camera Your every time. Dad's doing that right now. Don't turn around. I didn't <laughs> want to tell you. Um, but uh, with the research, I think it's more me and my computer. Okay. Um, it's like it takes hours of hours of getting everything yeah. I need and then making sure they're like good sources, so not getting them from just some random website. Now, not that you have not that you have a lot of time with these huge projects, but what else do you like to do, or is science all consuming? Um, science is definitely not all-consuming. Um, I love to do art, um, a lot of biology, too, actually. Nice. I'm currently raising around 20 swallowtail butterflies, like caterpillars. So just a little, I, I dip my toe in everything, there basically. If it's literature, I've been writing poems. I read a lot. Um, nice. I volunteer at animal shelters and stores. So all right, it's, enough. It's just you're, you're embarrassing a us. You're, you're making us all feel bad about ourselves, but you should feel very proud of yourself. Congratulations! You. This is a this is a huge honor. Uh, Amelia Dobek is the Illinois State Merit winner for the 3M Discovery Young Scientist Challenge. She also uh, now can send us Cody when we're doing radio on Mars. Amelia can get us there because you know I can jog through a forest and we can grow plants. It's going to be exciting. This is, this is very nice to meet you. Continued success. Good luck in high school. Thank it's, you. Uh, I, I can't believe all of these accomplishments and then i say hey have fun in high school because you're just starting out very nice to meet you congratulations you. this was uh, this was a lot of fun thank you for having me you are more than welcome all right let's do this and then uh, well i i guarantee the conversation the next half hour will not be as enlightening but uh we'll per we'll persevere on wgn boy how about that amelia dovek huh? did, you, did you listen to that Roger? that that, he, uh, that young lady is next level smart like uh, scary yeah. smart yeah, very scary smart. Scary smart. Yeah. She told me, she said, I said, you know, this is my first interview. I said, I'm, I'm sure it's not. She, that, it was like her 100th interview. Yeah, she, well, she, I think she started getting interviews after she won the Lockheed Martin thing when she designed a way to keep uh, astronauts alive and yeah. getting to Mars. When so, she was in seventh grade. Sure. Well, yeah. listen, weren't we all doing that kind of stuff in seventh grade? I didn't oh. want to brag. I didn't want to brag about my accomplishments in seventh grade. Uh -huh. I think I learned how to tie my shoes. It was yeah. a very exciting day at the house. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I might have done my first beer bong. It was very, very exciting. No, not in seventh grade.
But, uh, yeah, that was a uh, nice job, Cody. Rarely do I give Cody on-air kudos for uh, guests. I, uh, so on-air kudos to you. Well, I told him on the way out. I said, I know, maybe it will inspire some of our listeners that you, too, even if you're young, even if you are in middle school, maybe you can do some really great things, too. I, I Listen, if she's not a role model for uh, not only young girls but young boys, too, because, you know, that's the thing. I, Back when I was at math and science, were not my were not my jam. You know that wasn't that wasn't where I where I really worked hard or was interested. And a few things here and there, like when we dissected a fetal pig and an earthworm, I was kind of down with that. But uh, it's it's important because listen, whether poli- whether you agree with something or uh, whether you agree with a political stance or not, mm-hmm. we need scientists, and science is real, Mr. President. Science is real. <laughs> Uh, we need people with big brains like Amelia and the the people who are doing all sorts of great work around the country in labs. We need those people. So we need to encourage young people that no, listen, science is not fake. Science right. is not science is not fiction. We need you to go into science. We need your big ideas. Some of your big ideas will fail miserably, but maybe one of your big ideas will succeed and make a huge difference. And that's that's what we need to encourage. So bravo to her. That was very that was very exciting. Nice job, Cody. I feel motivated. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go home and watch TV. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe but, maybe but, I'll watch Nova. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll watch a science show. I could watch PBS tonight. I could watch something on the Discovery Channel. Look maybe. at that. Netflix yeah. has a new series about glass blowing. Oh I saw the promo for that. Yeah, I know the host. Do you really? Yeah. Who's the host? Uh, Nick Uhas. He's a science communicator. Get him in here. I want to blow some glass, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> wow. uh, I saw the I saw the promo for that, and I was like, part of me was like, that would be fascinating. And then I thought, how am I going to watch a couple hours of this? How am I going to binge watch a glass blowing show? It's supposedly fascinating. I've, I've watched I've people only seen do bits it, of it, but I've watched people do it live, and it is it is unbelievably fascinating. Yeah, because you know, all of a sudden you got a vase. You got a long pole, you got a long pipe, and a little ball, and then you have a vase. And I'm like, how did that happen? You know? The way Nick described it to me, it's it's kind of like metallurgy, but with glass. Ooh, wow. So, or like blacksmithing almost, literally, because you're heating it up real hot and you're melting right, it. But you're not hitting it with a hammer. That's the major difference because black smithies use a big hammer. Sure. Sure. sure glass, blowers, is... glass blowers, it would be disastrous <laughs> if you were to use a big hammer. And not that I know a lot about glass blowing, but I have hit things in my house with a hammer, but, and the glass stuff did not fare well. But you would know more about glass blowing if you watched Blown Away on Netflix. Are you getting any sort of uh, payment for that plug? God, I wish. So do I. I always wish I was getting payment for a plug. I think that's illegal from like some FCC guidelines. Well, not if but... you say, this is Cody Goff for Blown Away. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I know, but that that would be, you know, that would be illegal. Roger, uh, are, are you following the news? Your uh, former hometown is being invaded. Yes, it's I've like, noticed uh, that. I've seen days, the videos. People often say that yeah. Vegas is the Sodom and Gomorrah of the U.S., that the biblical biblical plagues will be rained upon them, and it is happening. Yes. Hordes of grasshoppers have invaded Las Vegas. What? It is yes. the end of times. This is from fake news CNN, so you know it's true. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I say that with tongue firmly in cheek because, oh, here go the text lines. Uh, the we- <laughs> it didn't take long. It doesn't take long at all. Not at all. Um, 
So winged insects outnumber the humans in some parts of town, but it's not something to worry about. According to this, swarms of grasshoppers have descended upon Las Vegas. People are getting startled. People are fleeing their homes uh, only to be met with more grasshoppers. Here's the thing. Yeah. If there's a plague of any sort of insect, mm-hmm. don't flee your home because you're running right into where the insects are. Exactly. They're waiting outside. Yeah. Turn your porch light off first you know if why? you're going to go that outside. That is exactly right because yeah. bugs are attracted to lights, specifically mm-hmm. ultraviolet lights. That's so why they follow you around lights. because you have such a shining personality. I give off <laughs> a radiance that before uh, was thought to only be grease. And now oh. it is an inner light <laughs> that people know shine from me because... Some would say I'm angelic. Right. I, uh, I would join that group. would be wrong. Right. A hundred percent. They'd be yeah. wrong. Uh, so anyway, according to the Nevada Department of Agriculture, it, it appears that through history that when we have a wet winter or spring, these things build up often down below Laughlin and even into Arizona. And then here come the grasshoppers because Nevada has seen more rain than usual. Uh, state has averaged 9.94 inches of rain through January. And people are freaking out. There are videos on uh, the Internet that you can see. Could be doctored. I don't know. Could be a conspiracy. Maybe there's one grasshopper and everybody's making it into something more. That could just be. But uh, from the here's here's the thing. From the videos I've seen, these grasshoppers are legit. I've, I, I like uh, I like grasshoppers. I got no, I got no problem. Somebody texting in Kurt saying he drank a few grasshoppers in Las Vegas. I've never... I've never actually had a grasshopper, the old-fashioned cocktail. But maybe I will tonight, Kurt. In your honor, I'll go home. Nothing. Somebody asked what's wrong with Nova. Nothing is wrong with Nova other than the fact that I don't usually watch it. And it was a joke based on the science guest that we have. I have no... People are... It's amazing. You think they're selectively listening Uh, to the show? No. I I don't think they're listening at all. I just hear one (laughs) word. Huh? Huh? Uh, no, so I, no, because because if you missed my twenty-eight minute teardown of Nova, well, then I could see why you're asking yeah, asking right. that question. There's absolutely nothing wrong with. I that. actually I love Nova. I, there have been over the years very interesting scientific programs that I really like. I watching. love. I, I, I don't love, watch bef- all of them before they became Nat Geo when it was just a National Geographic uh, right. channel. They did all these uh, the Earth series and mm-hmm. all of that. I listen. I I love. I love watching that kind of stuff. It's very interesting, especially when they, uh, the outer space stuff, when the um, uh, telescope uh, yes. picks up new galaxies or new particles or something so far away, you it boggles the mind. Yeah, that's why I am, I, I joke about it, but I am in awe of people who discover those kind of things. Yeah. I think, I'm not, I think part of, uh, part of what happens in this country, especially when it comes around uh, election time, Mm-hmm. People uh, people tend to equate intelligence as a, they make intelligence a bad thing. Like people who are really smart somehow mm-hmm. get looked down upon. I celebrate people who are really smart because I know as you know I'm fairly intelligent, but I'm there's there's plenty of people who are way smarter than I am. Oh yeah, and I want those people in charge. I don't want people. I don't want people who are you know if somebody my intelligence is in charge, we'd probably do okay. Um, but I don't want, you know, I don't want dumb folks in charge. And I like, you know, I, lo- I like a no, lot of I dumb understand. people, but that I don't, you don't have to be in charge. I want really smart people to be in charge. I want smart people to be thinking, you know what, mm. uh, how can we go to space? Exactly. Uh, how can we clean the water? Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that, you know, 
the uh, the air the is clean. Yeah. Don't completely melt and everything falls mm-hmm. off the planet. Sure. You know, I want to I want to figure this out. I want them to say, hey, guess what? Uh, we found a cure for whatever disease that we still are, n- are not finding cures for. Sure. That people are working around the clock on. Sure. Because, you know, it's everyone who's trying to find the solution to things now. Right. They're older. We we need fresh minds to continue to replenish that right. group of people who will continue to find solutions to the issues that we have on this planet. Or even not denigrate the old people who are doing it now by saying that what they're doing is inconsequential that or too. fake. That <laughs> how about we just yeah. how about that? How about we you know how about we pump some more money into research on on different things and, yeah. we, and we figure that kind of stuff out and we realize that you know. Uh, the reason that we are a great society mm-hmm. and a great world is due in large part to science. That's think about true. it. Think yeah. about it. Think about how many people used to die before we found vaccines. Think about the things we've learned by sending, uh, and not just the U.S., worldwide, by sending people into space, right. by studying the climate, by studying all those things. It's, you know, hey, Guess them. what? If what? we didn't have scientific people, guess what we wouldn't have? We wouldn't have radio, television, airplanes, cars. Lighting, right? You wouldn't wa- running listen, water. You wouldn't be able to listen bathrooms. to my dulcet tones and brilliant ideas you on the got radio. That right. If Marconi had been sitting around with his thumb up his keister, going, "I don't know, everything's fine. I'll just yell. That's how we're going to communicate. We'll just stand on the corner and yell." And the world is much better. If for I was a town crier, that yeah. would be awful. One, <laughs> I don't look good in a tri-corner hat and knickers. I don't. I hate it. I I have good calves though. Cody, yeah, you know that about me. But uh, ringing a bell and walking around, hear ye, hear ye, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, oh, guess what? There's a new cereal coming, and grasshoppers are invading Las Vegas. I'd be stoned. <laughs> not And not in the way that, you know, legal right. marijuana is going to <laughs> No. Be. Legal cannabis, I guess we get it cannabis. Um, here's a, and then you would go to the hospital to tend to your wounds? And there wouldn't be there any wouldn't, doctors. You know what they yeah. do? They'd what? slap a leech on me. <laughs> they'd slap a leech on me, pour some gunpowder on it, light it to cauterize my wound, right. and that's it. And the fact that I just use cauterize, pretty. In, you know where we got that? Boy. Science. 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 The fact that I can use the word cauterize correctly yes. is because of science. Uh, all right. I get yeah. this text, and then we're going to take a break. Uh, I'm a 60-year-old guy. I, not me. This is the texter from the 217. I have a BS and an MA. That said, listening to the girl scientist, I felt humbled and like I haven't accomplished anything. You are not alone, my friend. That's you right. are not alone. All right. Uh, guess what, friends? If you have children, soon your breakfast table will become insufferable. How? I'll tell you after this on WGN. Mommy shark, do, 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 mommy right? shark. Do, 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 I have never seen Cody's eyes get this wide. You, this is how you know Cody is not around children. You're not familiar with Baby Shark, uh, Cody? I think I am. Is is this the sh- I think I watched several episodes when I was babysitting, and I'm pretty sure this is the show where they turn... I don't turned... know if there's a... I don't know if there's a show yet. It's not Oh, yeah, yet. there is. Well, it's, it's, oh, it is. Then this is something else. There's a, there's a kid's cartoon where all of the lyrics and all of the dialogue is set to... Really generic songs that no, are super repetitive. And no, that, that... this is this is a uh, phenomenon. The okay. baby shark thing. It is being turned into an animated series for Nickelodeon. It is not yet an animated series on Nickelodeon. Uh, it launched this song. Right, every parent who 
who heard me play that, one is infuriated with me. Their ears uh, are bleeding. Playing it again. Yeah. Uh, their ears are bleeding, and now it's stuck in everybody's head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the reason I bring up Baby Shark uh, because the kids go crazy for it. It's had over three billion, Cody, three billion YouTube views. That is not an exaggeration or a misprint. Three billion. Um, the reason I bring this up is because today there have been stories all over. People are in an uproar because Baby Shark will soon be a cereal. That's right. Uh, your good friends at Kellogg's have dis- they announced that they are releasing a cereal in partnership with Pinkfong. Pinkfong is the Korean entertainment brand that created the song. Um, it's going to be a limited edition cereal available at Sam's Club. So not only can you get Baby Shark cereal, but it'll be in a huge, huge industrial-sized container if you're getting it at Sam's Club. Uh, so August 17th, mark your calendar, Cody. We should have a show outing. I think that's a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, check your calendar. We'll put that down, and then we'll get some Baby Shark cereal, and we'll, we'll bring it in and enjoy it on the air. Roger, you are invited oh, uh, to bring you. in some, I don't know if you drink almond milk, whatever. If you're I'll bring my lactose-free milk. Sure. Should bring some lactose-free yeah, milk. Yeah, I'm going to bring, yeah. uh, I'll bring some regular milk. Okay. Uh, 1% or skim. That's fine. I'm not drinking whole milk. I'm not a savage. But anyway, <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, Walmart is also going to carry the cereal, but not till late September. And I, I've seen all these news reports today, and re- people are going crazy. Like, this is the first time that the cereal conglomerate, that the uh, multinational cereal conglomerate has targeted children. Really? Oh, come on. This has been, this has been going on since cereal. Was, once uh, cornflakes added sugar, they started targeting kids. Most of our Saturday mornings were spent being bombarded by cereal commercials on TV. I think that's still... A, how they do it on? Are there even Saturday morning cartoons anymore? I don't know. Uh, but kids shows, not like in the old days. You know the Sugar Smacks, the Tricks Rabbit, Count Chocula, mm-hmm. Fr- all those guys. Uh, the Captain Crunch, my favorite cereal of all time. Uh, the Fruit Loops Bird. We've always, we've always had cereals tied in. Now you could say, well, they're doing a cereal now as as a, an ancillary add-on to the Baby Shark phenomenon. Yeah, so. So yeah. what? You don't it's the your, same thing. Yeah, you don't want your kids to eat it? Don't let them eat it. Now, I, I picture you, Roger, just eating, like, uh, Raisin Bran as a kid. No. You, were you allowed cereal, sugary yeah, cereals? Yeah, we, we had cereals. I would eat uh, I, sugar pops. Oh. Sugar. Um, uh, Rice Krispies, but I would put a lot of sugar on them. I never, um, I don't even like Rice Krispies. Frosted treats. Flakes. Oh, Frosted Flakes are the yeah. best. They're the king. I uh, Now, Cody, were you? what was your cereal of choice? Did you have a cereal? I think so. Do we have time? Yeah, we have time. Uh, Tell yeah, care. we will. Um, Cody's having another conversation. I, I noticed right. that. Yeah. We went through all kinds. Uh, oh, my mic is on. Yeah, yes. your mic is on. That's how I'm hearing you and Karen have a That's conversation. That's cool. That's, uh, it's I've never radio. done that. Yeah. I've never had my mic Thank on, taking my headphones a, off. Uh, you know, and pull uh, something. We're just, you know, uh, cursing. My, here's what I do. What do you do? Here's my job. <laughs> What's your job? Because a lot of people, a lot of people write me. Part of my and job, and they say, Brian, we listen to the program. Yeah, we barely understand your job. We have no idea what Cody does. Right. So part of my job is keeping uh-huh. track of when and how long commercial breaks are. Yeah, so and I, you don't and really I, communicate that. So, you know, to so, me. well, <laughs> I was communicating it with Karen just now. Right, Karen, who, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Karen's show starts at seven. 
<laughs> it is now 6.56.43. Mm-hmm. So technically, you need to communicate that with me. So I should be talking to you and not well, her. No, no, you should always talk to Karen. We love talking to Karen. In fact, Karen is in here. We, we like to say hello to Karen and talk to Karen. But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you could communicate with, how about you communicate it with both of us? Maybe, well, keep, maybe keep me in the loop. Why would for what's I, going on on my own program? I never said communication was part of my job. No, you did not. Just you just look, said keeping track. Looking at the... Oh, it's time for a break. Oh, all right. Let's do that, and then we'll say hello to Karen. <laughs> uh, you know, good luck. Uh, we'll have some of that Baby Shark cereal in here. We'll let you know how it goes. But we'll do this, because Cody uh, is keeping track of the breaks, apparently. Not very well. Thanks, Cody, for keeping track and telling us when that break was over. That was very good. You can Anytime. keep your job another week. <laughs> Uh, Karen Conti is here. We mentioned Karen was in before. She was talking to Cody. Now she's talking to me. Good to see you. I'm sorry to interrupt your your show. That's no, you didn't. You know he. Listen, you could hold up a mirror. He's a shiny <laughs> object. He's going to go. Uh, so the big story that I saw this week: uh, the president very excited that the Supreme Court overturned a lower court. Does that happen a lot? Where the Supreme Court will step in and overturn lower courts? Yeah, I mean, when they take a case, they they don't have to take every case. So right. they, it's a case, a court of you know a voluntary jurisdiction, if you will. So just the ones they pick, they're probably interested in deciding them for some reason or okay. another, either because there are disputes in the different jurisdictions or because it's a case that has a lot of importance and that they might think about overturning. Okay, and so they did overturn. That. Yes. Uh, what else is uh, what else is the big well, law stuff? Well, this week? legal stuff. You know, Jeff uh, Epstein. That's a real interesting thing that he was uh, found unconscious in his cell. Yeah. What do you make of that? I mean, is it self-inflicted? Did someone try to off him? I mean, there's a lot of people who have a lot to lose with yes. his testimony about a lot of women. So, and you hate to sound like a conspiracy yeah. theorist, but you're right. The the number of people and the profile of people who may be affected with the outcome of his trials. You never right. know. You never know. Hmm. And then you've got R. Kelly, who says that he's getting Gibson steaks and a computer in his prison cell, which is just that can't non- be possible. It's right? nonsense. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. And why would his really? lawyers even say that? What are they trying to make him into? Some prima donna? That's going to turn uh, against R. Kelly. The prison guards yeah. are not going to like the fact that there are false rumors that you can just bring in food from a restaurant to a celebrity inmate. Right, and that somebody's getting special treatment. No, it doesn't all. happen, especially there. That's a real. It's not a nice place. So you'll be talking about the big legal stories. What else you got? I'm talking to uh, the, the bankruptcy trustee. This case about the um, the Johnson Publishing, the yes. Ebony and Jet. There were four four million um, uh, photographs that were in an archive, and uh, some foundations got together and bid on them, and they're going to donate them. Uh, oh, very to, nice. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that process and what happened, and what are some of the really cool pictures from Ebony and Jet over the 50 oh, yeah. year period. I can't um, even imagine. And then we're talking about a just a really interesting study that shows that talking to random people, strange makes you happy. So if you get on a bus, you start a conversation with someone you don't know, you're bound to be happy because you did it. Why? Yeah, well, I'll listen, but I'm not... Uh, I'm not one of those. Nope, me either. Nope. I, Elevator? I try, to, I try to avoid strangers at all costs. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll be listening. Thanks. All right, Brian, take Have care. Have a good show. Okay. Uh, that's Karen Conti. She is coming your way after the news. We will uh, talk to you again next week. Cody is going to NerdFest, so uh, hopefully he will check in with us from there as he is wont to do from NerdFest. Uh, so much, so much to do. We'll talk to you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Chicago Stories told 24-7 on 720 WGN Chicago. Hey, smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. It is 7 o'clock and with the news, Roger Badish.